Let's do it. I. 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 I kept waiting for the rest of that sentence. I was. <laughs> I what? I what? Yes, I. I, sir. I am. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat them up. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. In addition to what we're feeling this week, we are talking about Robert Eggers' new art film, The Lighthouse. But before we get into all that, let's introduce ourselves and answer the question, how long would you last manning a lighthouse on an island all by yourself? My name is Sandra Omstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And Lucas, I have a lot of questions about this hypothetical situation. Okay, so is it a like modern day lighthouse or like the lighthouse in the movie we just saw a modern day lighthouse oh a modern day lighthouse do yeah. i have the internet no it's a lighthouse okay. lighthouses don't have internet okay do i have a dvd player mm, no but can i have books yeah you can have books okay so no tv no no tv yeah no dvd player you just get books no internet just books huh just books okay books obviously i'm assuming i can have do i have music you have music yeah Okay. Get a record player. I have a record player. Ooh, okay. If I have books and a record player, I think I could do a week. A week? That's it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> With books and a record player, you could do a week. Yes. Okay. That's pretty good. Well, I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from Chicago. I think in that situation, I could probably do probably four months. Oh, my God. Max. You're in a lighthouse by yourself. What else do you need? <laughs> some books, some music. That's it. I would get, I'm sure I would get bored, but I think I could last the four months. <laughs> um, well, every week we like to talk about something we've, we've either discovered or rediscovered throughout the week, whether that be a movie, a TV show, books, music. Um, so Sandra, tell us, what are you feeling this week? This week, I am going to bring up something that I believe we've talked about on the podcast before, but I don't think it was me that brought it up, so <laughs> I think it's fair game. Um, yep. I am feeling uh, a musical act called The Japanese House. She came to Nashville to perform a show, and so I got to see her concert again, and I've been in preparation for that concert. I've been listening to her music. I don't have a ton to say other than The Japanese House is super dreamy, Super in your feelings. If it's really perfect for this time of year, you know this. This is the kind of music that I want to be listening to when it's cold and I'm thinking about falling in love and heartbreak. Um, mm -hmm. This is the exact kind of music that I want to listen to, and I really would love for her to gain um, a lot of listeners and popularity because the show that we saw, my friend and I saw here in Nashville, was. A sold-out show in a smaller venue. And mm -hmm. it was an amazing show full of, like, a really cool crowd. And I just kept thinking the whole time, like, what this experience would be like if the Japanese house was a little bit bigger. Would I be more into it? Would I be less into it? I'm very curious <laughs> about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Either way... The music is great, so I want people to listen yeah. to it. I absolutely love the Japanese house. I think dreamy is the perfect word for it, um, but with, like, real 
catchy songs also. So it's like, I I feel like those two don't usually intertwine as often as I I would like. And the Japanese house is the perfect mix of, yeah, that really ethereal, dreamy quality, but with some awesome songs that you can sing along with and that are really, really catchy and just get stuck in your head. Her catchiest songs are the ones that I cling to the most. Like, there are songs that she has that are less catchy, that are more atmospheric, that are definitely nice to listen to, especially if you're listening to the album in full. Um, mm-hmm. but the catchy songs are the ones that I keep coming back to, um, particularly this one called Far Away. She makes me wonder what she makes me wonder what I'm doing Spending all these seconds away from her The time I'm losing being far away I'm lost in chorus really just gets me and i i find yeah. myself singing it to myself throughout the work day yep. so cool well that's the japanese house what are you feeling this week lucas this week i am also feeling some music um so i do this every time but anytime i talk about a show that the season is not finished i feel like as soon as i start talking about the show on this podcast uh the season gets worse so i'm not talking about the show watchman instead i am talking about um, the album that came out, the soundtrack album, the soundtrack album that came out with after the third episode, which is Watchmen Volume One: Music from the HBO series by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who did the music for The Social Network. Um, they are doing the music for this show. It is absolutely amazing. Um, I think they're doing one volume of soundtrack every three episodes um, with the music from those three episodes. Again, I don't want to talk about the show at all. Adjust this music. It's so great to work to. Obviously, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have a great working relationship and have tons and tons of great music that they've done in the past. Um, And I think this just kind of um, is right on the back of that. The one downside, I hate when (laughs) um, albums do this, is but put in um, like dialogue clips from the show. Um, because yeah. for me, for me, that breaks up the the kind of listening pattern of if I'm just listening to this at work, just kind of going through it, that kind of takes me out of it for a bit. So I like to pull out all the songs ex- that, except for the the dialogue pieces and put them in a new playlist right. <laughs> that I can just listen to straight through. Um, but I truly think this is wonderful, wonderful music. It is it's great to listen to this and then also watch the show um, because you hear a lot of these themes, a lot of these pieces come back um, throughout the season. So that's Watchmen Volume 1. I'm sure there will be more to come. Um, are you watching Watchmen at all? No. Are you watching The Watchmen? <laughs> I, I'm certainly not. Um, yeah, no, it's not really. I believe I trust your opinion on it. I never saw the movie. I've never read the book. So I don't really mm-hmm. have any real context for the story. And the thing I keep hearing about this show is that there's so much stuff peppered in that only makes sense if you understand the context of the story. So that already kind of puts me off on the show. Mm-hmm. Also, I will say that the trailer for the show 
it doesn't really set you up for a plot. Right. My so here's right. here's some other some more context. My friends and I tend to pick an HBO show to watch together every Sunday night. Um, mm-hmm. We make dinner. We all watch it. So when Succession ended, we were like, what's our next show going to be? And the next show that they're promoting was Watchmen, and none of us were interested. Um, yeah. Especially by that trailer. So yeah. th- for those reasons, <laughs> I'm on Shark Tank right now. For those reasons, yes. I'm out. <laughs> No, I think that's that's completely fine. I think so. Rebecca's watching it with me, and she has has zero contact with any of the Watchmen material before this, um, and she's really into it. She really does like it, and I think that all it takes is just like one sentence worth of setup as to what has happened before this, because it is a sequel. It's not necessarily um, um, retreading any of the ground that's come before it, um, but it kind of does, I think, a good job of explaining as it's going um, while leaving new mysteries and stuff like that open to seeing what happens in the future. It's definitely a weird show. It reminds me a lot of Lost, which this is um, run by uh, David Lindelof, who ran Lost, of just in the first season, you just got a lot of questions. And it's not necessarily questions that are, you know, that are answered if you had read the book or watched the movie or anything like that. It's just like, we're just going to introduce a lot of questions in the first season and then we're going to go from there. Yeah. Um, that doesn't appeal so, to me. Yeah. Lost yeah. never appeals to me. <laughs> um, I still do want to le- watch Leftovers, though. That is a show that I think I would probably oh, yeah. get into. Interesting. People have said this is a lot like Leftovers. I haven't seen Leftovers, um, but if you're if you're interested in Leftovers after you watch it, this might be a show for you. This also okay. might be a show that after the after the first season wraps up and everybody <laughs> and you see how everybody's uh, reacting to it, it might be something that you jump in on. But sure. I'm loving it, but also not talking about the show, just talking about the the album. Right. Watchmen Volume One now, is great. <laughs> um, I w- I, I w- I'm very curious. This music, I still haven't given it a listen yet, but I'm very but I want mm-hmm. to because I'm like oh, I don't need any context for this. It's just music. Yeah. Is it? Compared to, so you know I adore the social network and the music from the social yes. network. Is it yeah. darker and more action-y compared to that score? Or is this something kind of more moody and, and similar? It's It has pieces that are similar, but a lot of it is more, because this is more of like an action show. Right. It's got a lot more pieces with a beat um, with, um, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot more high energy, I think, than okay. the social network. Um, soundtrack, okay. which is great. Great yep. pairing. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So, yeah, definitely check it out. What is it? You're either in or you're out right now. All right. Well, we haven't done this one in a while, but let's talk in or out. Let's talk about some trailers that okay. have come out that uh, I have some questions about and definitely am interested to hear if you are in or out on them. First off, we have The Invisible Man. I guess this is a retelling of the um, the book, The Invisible Man, but from the perspective of uh, his girlfriend, which I think is a much better interpretation of that book. I'm very interested in this, uh, but it looks like a horror movie, so I highly doubt that I will be seeing this, but it looks so intriguing. Yeah, this is one of those trailers that I could not tell you whether I'm going to see this movie or not. Like, I'm yeah. really completely in the middle. Don't have a clue, because... I think this is one of those movies that if the buzz is great, I will go see it. But if the buzz is anything less than stellar, um, it doesn't seem to be for me. Yeah. The, yeah. There are some visual aspects of dealing with like an invisible man character that I find incredibly interesting from a film, from like 
a film perspective, uh, mm-hmm. the story of abuse, I think, can e- can be done well or it can be done poorly, you know, just like any other story. And if it's done well, like, kudos to them. But if it's done poorly, then that's really hard to suffer through for a whole movie, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'm ca- I'm cautiously keeping my eye on the invisible man yeah we'll see it is the writer director of saw and insidious and a bunch of other horror movies so right. i so that doesn't not gonna be <laughs> give me a lot of hope you know but i'm also i also haven't really seen those movies so like who am i to judge right so we'll see so the invisible man I, it's getting a lot of hype for sure so yeah we'll see i think so, i mean a lot of people like those movies so yeah All right, next up, we have the new Pixar film, Soul, from director Pete Docter, who did Up and Inside Out. Um, I'm very excited about this. It looks like, uh, I mean, the first trailer from a Pixar movie, I'm always just intrigued by it, but also think, like, there can't possibly be a way that this is going to be good. Um, But this looks like... A man dies, and it's about his soul and what 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 impact did he have on the world? That kind of thing. So very dark for a Pixar movie, but probably it's going to be great, and probably it's going to be perfect for kids. So, <laughs> and I I foresee a lot of crying. Uh, yep. <laughs> what I really like about this trailer and why I'm definitely in is I feel like a lot of Pixar movies. I don't. I want to make sure I'm very clear when I say this. When I, I feel like the world isn't very rich and I don't mean there's not world building in the movie. So obviously inside out has a ton of world building, you know, it builds this whole imaginary universe and all these like feeling Mm -hmm. characters and like there's world building that is incredibly impressive and inside out. Right. But other than that part of it, the kid and the parents, it feels very all it's very generic. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The the human real world that we all live in um, doesn't feel that rich to me. It, it it all feels like primary colors and a lot of white people and a lot of like happy mom, happy dad, happy kid. You know, like it feels very much mm-hmm. like what a kid would read in a storybook, right? Right, right. This trailer for Soul, it looks like it's set in New York, I believe. Um, it, mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. It's, That's just what it looks like, yeah. The the tone of the world that we we see at the beginning of the trailer looks rich and full and grown up in a way that I think is beautiful and exciting. Um, it we're seeing all these people with different jobs, lots of different types of people, uh, a universe filled with things, and you don't always get that from like your Toy Stories, your Ups, your Inside Outs. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know, something about this trailer, it just made me, it made it look like a classic New York film in a way that was very exciting. Um, I'd be very interested to see how this city, or how this film treats the city as a character. And I think it looks adult, obviously it's dealing with the soul and afterlife, but it looks adult in more ways than just philosophical. And I think that's exciting yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see kind of where they go with this this does seem like a, a different movie than what they've done before yeah um so it's i'm in dealing, 100%. it seems like the main character is an adult man um yes yeah versus <laughs> like having a kid as like your protagonist 
you know, mm-hmm. most of these Pixar movies have like a kid or an animal as a protagonist. Yeah. And to have mm-hmm. a real adult character be your protagonist, I think is interesting for Pixar. Um, I think it'll be the soul of an adult man. <laughs> but, sure. Yes. <laughs> but, but, but true, that, do, that does add a lot of, uh, a lot, I think, a lot a lot di- more different things that you can do with this as opposed to always having a, a child or a It's a different type of story. Fake yeah. thing. Yeah. So. Very, very excited. Yes. Me too. All right. Next up, we've got Richard Jewell which is uh, the new Clint Eastwood movie starring Sam Rockwell, Olivia Wilde, John Hamm, Kathy Bates, and Paul Walter Hauser from I, Tanya? From I, Tanya, as Richard Jewell. So this is the story of uh, the security guard who saved people at the 1996 Olympics uh, from a bomb explosion. And then the press turned on him, thinking he could be the one who set the bomb. Um, so I don't usually love Clint Eastwood movies, um, but I think this this is an interesting story. I think it's an interesting cast. Um, but I also don't know how this is going to be handled. <laughs> um, well, just with police and press and just kind of that mentality, I think there's just a lot there that could be explored. And I'm not necessarily sure that Clint Eastwood is the one to do this. Yeah. So I wanted us to talk about this trailer cause I just saw it last night, um, before my screening of the lighthouse and, mm-hmm. I was so surprised at how into it I was because I, too, usually um, avoid anything Clint Eastwood. Um, I'm not interested in his films. I'm not interested in him as a celebrity or an actor. Um, So when I saw this trailer and I was very into it, I was like, wow, that's something that's surprising for me to be excited about a Clint Eastwood film. So I think that is notable. Um, I think it's also notable that, like, because it's based on a true story, I feel a little bit safer. Um, because, like, if this was just, like, a fictional story about a man, you know, being a- accused by the media and the government, yeah. and it's Clint Eastwood yeah. telling it, I'm always a little like, oh, <laughs> no. What is this? What is the messaging going to be here, you know? Um, right. But because it's based on a real story, then you can only, he, he has only that to work with. You know what I mean? So that yeah. gives me, um, that makes me a little intrigued. Did he direct Sully um, with Tom he Hanks? He did direct Sully, didn't he? Yeah. I never saw that, and I wonder what I'd think about it. This movie, I'm really interested in, and I will probably go see. Um, I like The cast is all very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the story is interesting. I never heard of this story before seeing this trailer, so I immediately, of course, like went on to mm. Wikipedia to like, yep. look it up. <laughs> Looked it up. Um, <laughs> And this is a story that I, I'm, I'm glad that's being told. So, um, yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in on Richard Jewell, um, yeah. surprisingly so. Yeah, I'm hesitantly in. We will see, see how this goes, but I am definitely interested in, in kind of where they, where they take this. So, well, cool. All right. Are we ready to move into our main feature? Yes. Yeah, so I will start this by just by saying I was not prepared for this movie in any way, shape, or form going into it. I had seen the trailer like months and months ago, um, had basically forgotten about it and just heard people talking about it, heard people say it was good, went into it. And as soon as it started, I was like, oh, yes, this is an art film. I, I get it. This is what's happening. <laughs> um, I'd forgotten even who was in it. 
so this was a this was a very like fun experience for me to to I think watch this film. Um, so this is basically a very light on plot, just two men on a on a working on a lighthouse in like the uh, like the the eighteen hundreds, I guess, like the late eighteen hundreds, um, back when pirates talked like um, yeah. like uh, like William Defoe, right. Um, yeah, so so I I was very intrigued by by the language, by um just the way everything was going. We haven't talked about like an art house movie on here before, I don't think. Like I don't think we've actually like not nothing one. quite this, not to this extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is this is fun. I I I liked it. I I don't think it was a movie for me overall. Um. I think there are some really interesting like themes and stuff that it delves into that I was really interested in. But overall, I think I appreciated the movie, but it wasn't one that I was like, yes, I'm definitely going to rewatch this in the future. Yeah. So I did not want to see this movie going into it. Um, <laughs> I saw the trailer when it came out and immediately was like, oof, not for me. Like I was out <laughs> on that trailer. Yes. I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, because the trailer is pretty sinister. It, it doesn't look like a, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite look like a horror film, but it looks sinister and it's directed by the same guy who made the ri- the witch. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it is black and white. It is um, what's the ratio? It's like a what square one point one nine by one. So yeah. basically a square. Right. It's like a square ratio. It's um, only two actors, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Um, and yeah, it's, and it looks, it looks rough. It looks like two men who go crazy in a lighthouse together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I do not like man versus nature movies. And I don't <laughs> typically like descents into madness. So yeah. I was like, uh, out on, the, Oh, and one of the, in the trailer, there's a line that says something about like, this is not the exact quote, but it's something like a perfect tale of madness and machismo. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> the <laughs> opposite it, things that Sandra wants. It was not going to get me in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it was that yeah. one, you know? <laughs> um, but so so that being said, not interested in this movie. Mm-hmm. But then the buzz about it was so great. And we were trying to figure out what to record about this week. And I, mm-hmm. and also, let me tell you, a big factor in getting me into seeing this movie is that a friend of ours, Michael Perkins, um, wrote a really, really, really great review of this movie um, on hyperreal.club, um, which is a, a film website uh, from that some friends of ours run. And that review had me so interested in the movie. Um, you should check it out, Lucas. And um, Yeah, I will. And so after reading that review and hearing the buzz, I thought, you know, this is not, it doesn't look super scary. I can handle it. Um, I, I should just go watch it and see what I think. And I was surprised <laughs> at how into this movie I was. I was Good. pretty into it. I wouldn't, I'm not, it's definitely not going to be like, my top of the year. It's not, it didn't, it didn't hit home for me in a, in a special like cathartic way. But I think I was worried that this movie was going to be very slow and, um, and meaningless. It was just kind of wander around like scenes of men doing crazy things. And there's not like a 
thick plot, but there is a plot. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the 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 action does move forward throughout the whole film. Yeah, um, and I think at a good pace too. Like it, I, it, I found I, myself riveted throughout it. Yeah. you know, in a yeah. Um, a little pro tip. I was nervous going into this movie about like if it was going to be very stressful or tense. So I ate two CBD gummies right before I started the screening. <laughs> I think it really helped. Um, <laughs> oh, so, man. I'm sure it did. <laughs> yeah. I think it really helped me just like relax into the movie and not get too mm-hmm. stressed out. Um, yeah. Because it could be a very stressful movie for it, especially if yeah. you've ever had like a really horrible boss to you. Um, and so, yeah. Um, I really liked this movie. I, um, it reminded me of a lot of movies. I kept, every time something would happen, I'd be like, "Oh, this reminds me of this movie." And a lot of them were movies that I like. So, which is part of like why I was enjoying the movie so much. Um, Lucas, I have five different films that the, that the lighthouse reminds me of. Ooh, okay. okay. I want you, I want to know if you can guess any of them, or if like you had any that we might have in common. Five movies. I'll start off. Let's see. You already yeah. kind of referenced one, um, the Pirates of the Caribbean think. franchise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. Totally, I did very much no, re- totally, yeah, but yeah. imagery and language, yes, yes, you know. I and I yeah, love that... those movies. And part of, I think, me enjoying this movie was so much was like hearkening back to like, oh yeah, I like pirates. And this movie isn't mm-hmm. about pirates, <laughs> but it like evokes a lot of the same imagery that pirates do. And yes, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm into pirates. So yeah, part of that. Yeah, was- I hadn't, I hadn't thought about the fact that this is probably the same time period as pirates and you know, these are seafaring people, um, until they started talking. I was like, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah. I haven't seen a pirate movie. Oh, I'd like to see a pirate movie. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, another movie now that we're talking about it, that it made me think of was the shining. Oh, see, I've never seen the shining. Oh man. Okay. Well, we won't talk about it, but it, it, I think, uh, but tone I, wise, I th- tone wise, this that. is very yeah. much like the shining. Yeah. Okay, so for me, probably similar in a similar way, I would say Black mm-hmm. Swan. Yes, definitely Black Swan. Um, definitely got a lot of Black Swan vibes. Um, mm-hmm. Then um, a little bit of Annihilation vibes. Yes, the lighthouse. <laughs> well, there's not. I, no. I didn't even mean specifically the lighthouse. No, but yeah, I, meant I know. Kind of the way it plays with time. Yeah, yeah, and a and lot perception. of other, and a lot of other visual yep. references. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and Matt, both both Black Swan and this movie deal with like what you know, like you're when you're by yourself for that long, what is real, you know, and you're mm-hmm. and yeah. you you don't even fully understand what is real. Um, yes. And then, um, what were the last two? Um, oh, a little bit of Castaway. Um, yeah. You know, just yep. just the madness and the and the survivor aspect of it all and and the elements and that kind of stuff and um and then the last one i kind of i accidentally already referenced it but horrible bosses (laughs) like that was actually the first one i kept thinking of i was like man really a take on like horrible bosses a movie that i don't even remember if i liked or not but it is about 
what is it like when you have a boss that is making your life hell? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you have to yeah. work closely with that boss and there's no escape. And yeah. And what and how that is its own form of madness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and this movie really <laughs> delves into that. Yeah. See, my thought was on the kind of on the level of parasite, which is power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, so less along the specifically like the boss like specific uh, aspect of that, but more just power dynamics in general and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it explores it here in a very you know boss like scenario, whereas right. parasite's more like a class scenario. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think this movie is wild and I think it's very good. And um, mm-hmm. I also love monologues. And this movie has a few, <laughs> I think, really important. It has some ones. bangers. Yeah. yeah. So if you're someone who loves a dramatic monologue reading, like, the, you got to you gotta go see this movie. Um, yeah. It's the kind of movie that I wouldn't take friends to. <laughs> Yes. But if you're interested in seeing lots of different types of films, I think it's worth going and seeing by yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. We're ready to talk spoilers? Yes. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Crack and gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. So for me, just right off the bat, I think... Some of the things that, like, I left the movie thinking, like, that was really good. It was not a movie that I will revisit, but it was really good. Yeah. And the, but it is a movie that, like, stuck in my mind for a while, which right. I always think is a great thing for a movie. Yeah. Um, and the, I think a, f- a couple of the things that, that just, like, kept coming back to me is um, that with a movie like this, I feel like it really, like, it's interesting that it delves into both the concepts of isolation of just kind of being that, that that strandedness of like you're on your own with no help. And then also the, the opposite of that is just you are cramped in with somebody constantly and you can't get away from them. So both of those concepts are in this movie kind of tied together, um, which I thought was just really interesting and of just something that I haven't really thought about before, but I really liked kind of where they went with that. Um, of just the kind of the push and pull of that relationship. Yeah. I kept thinking during this movie, so I kept, you know, like I had seen your intro question about like how long would you last before Mm -hmm. I walked into the theater. So that is something that was in my mind while I was watching the movie, you know? And so what I kept thinking was this would be a completely different movie if this was two people that liked each other. You know what I mean? Yes. If this was a romantic (laughs) couple, or two best friends um, that like uh, that isolation that you're talking about would we would even would it even be a plot line would you even go crazy if you had one person that you could connect to to share this space but instead in this movie it's like what if you have sort of an abusive person yeah and what what is it like when you you're trapped with an abusive person and there's literally no way to escape or no one to even talk to or tell you that what you're feeling is valid or real, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of that abuse isn't just, um, like intentionally abusive, um, like antagonistic, but even just like the fact that like it is William Defoe's space and he treats everything like it's just his and this is my space and you're in it, which I think is just, um, it is definitely a form of abuse, but I think it's it's an even more maddening one because it doesn't feel like aggressive. It just feels like, 
like you have nothing like and it just feels like um like depriving yeah. um which i th- which i think uh, man i that that is i think really what i resonated with is just like oh man how hurtful is this <laughs> like to go through and to like deal with this in addition to the actual forms of abuse that he's <laughs> right <laughs> or not not actual because, forms but the no, more aggressive but, forms of abuse yeah the more aggressive because there are things that are more like spiteful and perp and vicious yeah. and purposeful you know like yeah there's and and the, you know watching this movie there's always a question of is what i am the viewer seeing real or not right and you know things yeah. are being told to robert pattinson's character and it's like is that what real or is what i saw real you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. when willem dafoe's captain character tells him oh you know you you destroyed the lifeboat when we clearly saw yeah. something else. It's like, which yeah. is the real thing? I tend to think, my interpretation of the film is that Willem Dafoe's character was purposely driving his partner crazy by telling mm-hmm. him things that were not real that, ha- that happened. Um, yeah. That he told his partner, you know, we've been here for weeks when they actually hadn't. Or... Yeah. Um, telling his partner that, you know, you were the one who destroyed the lifeboat or um, that journal where he wrote all these things about how his partner was, you know, not doing his job and was drunk on the job and all these things that we, that we saw not to be true. Um, Yeah. So that's my particular interpretation of it, that that was a form of like, you know, very, very exact gaslighting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think also just his disdain for Robert Patterson's character. Yeah. Pattinson. Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's character. Yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe, just, Robert Will, Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but j- yeah, just, just the way he, the way he's always talking down to him, um, the way, like he never did a job correctly according to, <laughs> to William Dafoe. Right. Um, just his, um, excluding him from the actual, from the light itself. Yeah. Um, and also like trumping that up to be a big job of manning the light, which it's not a job. You're just, he's just going up there and just sitting with the light. <laughs> so, right. um, and just, and Robert Pattinson is doing all of the work. Um, so I think, yeah, I just, I think it's, it is very abusive and difficult to live through. I think it's very interesting though, that he makes it through the four weeks no problem. Like I thought, cause at the beginning it kind of states like you're here for four weeks. And I was like, okay, we're going to slowly through that four weeks. We're yeah. slowly just going to go crazy. And no, they're fine throughout the four weeks. He doesn't even drink throughout the four weeks. Right. It's after he realizes that, you There's know, no end in sight. they're stuck here longer. And it, I think that is a weird, um, or not a weird dichotomy, but just like the, um, an interesting mindset of as long as you know, that there's an end date, you can handle it. 100%. Like you can, you, you can make it through and, and, but as soon, as soon as you're like, who knows how long I'll be here. No one's coming to get us. I'm stuck here with this guy. That's when everything fell apart. Right. <laughs> and it could have been a day. Like it felt like a day. It just all fell apart quickly. And you know, who knows how long it actually was, but it was just immediately just like all crumbling down. Right. Um, and I, I really liked that aspect of it. Yeah. I loved the tonal shifts a lot. I love mm-hmm. that in one moment they would he would despise this man with like every minute of his being and then in another moment they'd be like pouring their hearts out to each other or dancing. Yes. <laughs> um the I, I found this this movie like 
um, very oddly funny. You know, there were a lot of moments mm-hmm. where I laughed out loud. Uh, yeah. One in particular was, I mean, there was a lot, but I think the funniest moment in the whole movie is towards the end where the house has been flooded, right? And yeah. they kind of wake up in the flooded house and Robert Pattinson goes up to, to pee and he's, and you see a floating like piss bucket and yeah. a stream of pee trying to like follow <laughs> the way the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the fact that he's like trying to keep it in that bucket when they're in like a, a house full of water, um, yeah, and, and <laughs> constantly like missing it was so funny to me. And then oh, in a very classic like pratfall Three Stooges way, um, mm-hmm. I really laughed at the time. This is a lot of like a piss humor that he was taking yes. like the buckets full of um, like waste out to throw away and he throws them and the wind blows it all back onto himself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, it, yeah, a lot more visual humor than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, that, I, yeah. I think, I think it was shot really well. I think it was beautiful. That, yeah, oh, definitely. That moment in particular was what I think really reminded me of um, Castaway. Just that feeling yeah. of being yeah. like that, <laughs> that he he lets out this like scream when it happens and it's also mm-hmm. like i've never had that exact th- same thing happen to me <laughs> but i've had things like that you know what i mean where it's like your own fault yeah. and but it's also the wind's fault and you're so angry yeah <laughs> and, you know whether it's dropping a stack of papers or like hammering a nail wrong or you know like when, yeah. when you're doing a task that you don't want to be doing and then all of a sudden it like goes to shit and you're yeah. so angry yeah. about it <laughs> and all you have to it, all you can do is just deal mm-hmm. with it in the moment yeah. you know and you see that happen multiple times through throughout as he's like you know right. shuffling coal as he's like taking the coal back and forth you know in the wheelbarrow and it tipping over and the rain getting in it and just yes. like all of that is just constantly grating at him yeah. the whole time. Um, no. Another thing I really loved about this movie is um, all, I and mean, we kind of talked about it in the pirate when we talked about how much I like pirates, but all of like the mythical sea stuff. I'm really into mm-hmm. like mermaids visually, the way that they're both <laughs> like very sexual and very scary. And there was a lot mm-hmm. of mermaid stuff in this movie. More um, than I thought going in. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of like King Triton stuff and language. Yeah. And, um, the monologue that Willem Dafoe gives after Robert Pattinson insults his cooking, I think is like yes. a perfect piece of <laughs> acting in cinema. I Yes. And it ends with like a perfect comedy joke, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I re- that moment in the movie, the re- before that moment... I was like, I think I like this movie. It's very, it's kind of, it's kind of cool, you know. I, I, I'm not hating it. Yeah. And then that scene happened, and I was like, okay, I love this movie. Like this movie, <laughs> this movie got me. Oh man. Um, yeah, I loved everything with the mermaid. I love. I really was surprised at how into this the gross aspects of this movie I was. How like really? Yeah. The <laughs> the the masturbating, the farts, the the griminess of it all, um, I really liked. And I really, I don't know, there's something about all the masturbating that happens in this movie. <laughs> there's not, I feel like you don't see that a lot in film. 
You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Um, or if you do, it's like, you know, you might see it in like a bro comedy, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, for a big laugh or something. Um, yeah. This movie takes it very seriously, and I kind of appreciate yeah. that. And I appreciate like showing what a important like intimate part of humanity that is, you know. Um, I don't know. I was very into it, and I was into the depiction of like Robert Pat- Pattinson masturbating. Um, we see like his visuals. You know what I mean. Like, it's yeah. not just, like, a shot of him, like, by himself in a corner or whatever. And, like, we're like, oh, okay, he masturbated. Like, we get to see <laughs> his mindset. And I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was a very, like, well-done way to depict that. Yeah. Especially when he's, like, it's intercutting with his his thoughts of um, possibly killing the dude. Yeah. I think I think that's, like, open for interpretation as to what happened. But, like, right. that, like, the, the intrusive thoughts that he's kind of getting there. The intrusive um, thoughts of that guy of... Of Willem Dafoe, of yes, this mermaid yeah. that he's like drawn to, of of mm-hmm. the lighthouse itself, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think we just we learn so much just in kind of those sequences that we see of, yes. of him. Um, yeah, I thought that was just a really great, efficient storytelling. And it's also there. like I think also very relatable of like, oh, I'm trying to have like this sexy fantasy, and why did that image just pop into my head? You know, like you're like yeah. you're trying yeah. to focus on something. And your mind goes everywhere. Um, you don't get to see, like. I just don't see that depicted very often. And I would really appreciated the care with which that was shown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It definitely isn't something that I, I feel like I've seen before. So yeah. Well, um, yeah. And what do you, what do you th- what do you th- what did you think about the aspect ratio? You know, I didn't see this movie in a very good theater. I saw it in kind of like okay. a a cheap theater, and yeah. the movie was very dark. So there are parts of the movie where I was like, mm-hmm. man. This movie's so dark, and this theater isn't great. Like, it's it's a little hard to tell what's going on, and the aspect ratio, ratio isn't helping in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like adding yeah. to the darkness. Um, yeah. But otherwise, um, I think I'm somewhere in between. It didn't really matter to me, and I kind of liked it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me, most of the time, I when I see a particular aspect ratio for a movie it feels a little pretentious to me mm. um and this one didn't i think because it helped it helped make it feel more claustrophobic i think right. um another one that i really like is um in the grand budapest hotel where it does different aspect ratios for different time frames mm. um which i think has been done other places as well but i i, I like that aspect of the there's storytelling there's another movie that did that Yes. Yeah. I was trying to think of another one, but Grand Budapest was the only one that was coming to mind. Yeah. But I know, yeah, it's definitely been done before. Right. But I think, I think here it really, because you have that almost square feeling, like it just feels tight and feels more confined than it is. And I think that's, I think that that worked really well here. I think I really appreciated it on the like really beautiful shots of like the lighthouse itself or like of the wa- mm-hmm. of the waves and the water. Like yeah. when it wasn't, yeah. when there wasn't any people in the frame and it was just a shot mm-hmm. of like a seagull or a lighthouse or um, like lightning or waves crashing, then I really appreciated the aspect ratio. But when there was stuff happening on the screen, I think I forgot about it. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm glad we brought this up because I do think all those shots that I just mentioned were really beautiful and also really like are what drew me into this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like Definitely. the beach. I like the, I like nautical. 
I like the, I like a <laughs> nautical vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It honestly coming out of it, I was like, now I just really want more pirate movies. Like I want yes, more same. movies. It's it's interesting because like this is like what like eighteen nineties ish something know. like that. Yeah. Um, I'm just guessing, yeah. but I think like late eight, late eighteen hundreds is the period. Right. Um, and for me, I think just recently this kind of came to mind that like that is the pirate time, but it's also like the Western movie time, yeah. and I like both of those things were happening at once in history, and that just blows my mind because those are so different things in my head (laughs) that but both of them were happening at the exact same time um and so i think of western movies and i think of pirate movies but those are in the same time period but i want more instead of cowboys and aliens you want cowboys and pirates i want cowboys and pirates yeah i really i think that is the perfect mashup for me like personally i'm just very interested in what that would look like (laughs) it's like a two-part movie it's like uh, a cowboy gets stuck on a pirate ship and has to like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, fish out of water kind of scenario. And then yes. a, we flip it and a pirate has to like hang with some cowboys. And mm, yeah. Yeah. Like Shanghai noon, Shanghai nights, but <laughs> with, with pirates and cowboys. Pirates and cowboys. <laughs> See, I'm picturing a bunch of cowboys have to become pirates. I don't know, for the Civil War or something? What else is happening around there? I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. I don't know the time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I will say that might be the only way you could get me to see a Western. Yeah, is yeah. Throw some Add some pirates. In there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm telling you, uh, people are looking for mashup genres now. Yeah. This is this is it. This is what we're doing. So, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. So I don't I don't think I have much more to say no, about either. this movie. Overall, but... I'm glad I saw it because I don't think I would mm-hmm. have otherwise. And um, definitely, yeah. So I'm 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 really I'm really happy I did because yep. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I'm positive it is not something that I will watch again. Sure. But I enjoyed the experience yeah. for sure. Alrighty. All right. Um. Well, that about wraps it up for us, Sandra. Where can we find you everywhere online? All of my social media platforms are at Sandra Amstead. My last name is spelled A M S T U T Z. You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff, and you can find us together on Twitter at Feeling It Pod. All right, bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Yeah. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 